My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. This week on the ringer.com, it's 1999 Movies Week. Already up on the site, we've released parts one and two of the top 50 movies of 1999. And later this week, Shea Serrano is writing about The Matrix, Andrew Grudadaro is writing about Cruel Intentions, and Rob Parvilla argues why being John Malkovich is the best movie of that year. You can also check out the Big Picture podcast to hear Sean Fennessy, Amanda Dobbins, and Chris Ryan share their top five favorite movies from 1999. Check out those articles on TheRinger.com and listen to The Big Picture wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, friends. Welcome to this podcast unlike any other. What a celebration. We are here. I love using that Jim Nance voice. We're just a handful of weeks out from the Masters itself. You've made it, my friends. Welcome to Fairway Rollers, the new golf podcast on the Ringer podcast. Network. I am your starter, Joe House. This broadcast is brought to you, presented by our outstanding pals at Callaway Golf, the makers of the Chrome Soft Golf Ball, which includes the Chrome Soft TruVis that none other than former President George W. Bush used to make his first ever. Hole in one. This was last week. He took a picture. He used the black and yellow Truvis. And I have to tell you, my birdie buddies, I hope Alan Shipnuck of golf.com, golf journalist extraordinaire, was paying attention. Alan keeps complaining on Twitter about not having any holes in one. Hey, Alan, buddy, I'll send you a couple dozen of these black and yellow Callaway Truvis, and maybe you could hit one of them into the hole. 
Anyway, we've got a great show today, my par-saving pals. We are previewing all things WGC match play down in Austin, Texas. Verno gives out some insane Final Four picks. I give out some more credible Final Four picks. We're probably going 0-8, but we ask you, our faithful listeners here at Fairway Rolling, give a listen to our picks and tweet at Verno or I or both of us and let them know how many of our let us know how many of our eight picks we got right. Whoever gets closest is going to get some golf balls from us. It's going to be some of these Callaway Truvis. Maybe Alan Shipnuck will participate. Of course, Schusty is here with some golf social, some delicious matchups. Phil Mickelson's calves and Patrick Reed is in search of something. The first tee is open. Let's walk over with our good pal Chris Vernon. And now on the tee. Chris Vernon. Yo, Verno. I can't believe that the week I take the favorite and I've one stroke back going into Sunday and the odds were bad. I knew. But how is Dustin Johnson plus three on a Sunday? In my wildest dreams, I thought that was locked up out. And sure enough, at the Valspar, Dustin Johnson goes plus three and does not end up taking home the trophy. I can't believe it. So we gave out, uh, you gave out both uh, Dustin and uh, who you gave out to Bubba. Yeah, and Bubba actually was right. I had a chance. Right there. Well, he did have a chance. I gave out Stenson. So, uh, you know, not, not our best kudos to Paul Casey. That's a legit back to back. And he stared right down the barrel of, of DJ and said, you know, bring, bring it on. And, and then, yeah. you know, he, he was completely unfazed by it. What do we attribute DJ's completely lackluster plus three, not a birdie in the round, Birdo, not one birdie out of DJ. It was so ridiculously out of character i have no idea what to make of it right because it's just you know listen the, these guys every single week we're seeing this house where you will watch them and they look like the most dominant guy on earth and that has certainly been true of he and rory mcelroy and then every once in a while they i don't know i think that we're so used to them being extraordinary that when they play like 99% of the guys out there, it becomes shocking. But it, it shouldn't be shocking that yeah. inevitably in golf, there are going to be days where you're plus three. Like you just didn't have an amazing round. This is relevant because we're sitting here in the position now wanting to prognosticate a little bit, forecast uh, what will transpire at the WGC event down in Austin, Texas. This is the match play event, the only event on the calendar that is a that match play format. A very, very fun format. Nice innovation by the tour, sticking it right in, in the middle of March Madness. So everybody's got bracket on the brain. And I think this format that they've arrived upon where, they, where every single player is guaranteed three matches – so the folks that actually attend the event get to see their heroes for at least three matches, and uh, the TV viewing public gets to see their heroes th- guaranteed for three matches. That's smart uh, as well. The interesting thing so far to me, based on um, you know the the change in venue, this Austin Golf Course, a lot of quality 
champions at this place. I mean, a lot of guys with pedigree. We're talking about major winners. And there's also been this trend of uh, guys who have won on tour in the year that they go out and win this WGC match play event. Now, that's just setting the stage on this because what we, what we always talk about first and foremost, as you know, Verno, is this week in Tiger Woods. Tiger! Tiger! Tiger Woods! <laughs> so he, here we are. He took a week off. He, he, he kind of messed around a little bit at the players after you know he, he uh, pulled out of Arnie's tournament with the next strain. And then he came out to the players and he was he was a uh, little you know little plus little minus he had enjoyed a chuckle with with Kevin Na how would you describe your expectations for Tiger this week in this match play event hard to know because it's a new course so we don't have some kind of great history with him being there the other yep. thing is he used to be yeah, i mean you know we always hang on to you know, our greatest memories, but it used to be, uh, certainly in the early 2000s, when you got into these match play things with him, you were dead. And there was that intimidation factor, which we've talked about no longer really exists, um, whether it's in the big tournaments or whether I think it's like a match play situation like this. Um, he doesn't carry himself that same way anymore. And obviously, he doesn't have that. I feel like a lot of these guys, it's kind of like when Mike Tyson was in his prime, you felt like these guys had lost before they ever walked into the ring. Um, sure. And that's what it was like. And I just don't, it's not that when it comes to match play. And obviously, the last time that we saw him in this situation is kind of a haunting memory of that. You know, it ended the season so awesome with that win. Uh, coming off of being, you know, flooded with fans at Bell Reeve, and then he wins there at the end of the year, and then the Ryder Cup was a disaster. Yeah, well, so, I, and, and you know, uh, hopefully, let's just get this out. I'm going to repeat it every chance until the next uh, Ryder Cup planning committee convenes. We cannot be competing the Ryder Cup on foreign so soil a week after, less than a week after. The, the tour championship. I, there, you got to figure it out, uh, powers that be. And, and, and the television dollars, NBC. Hey, NBC, get in touch with your pals at, at the, the Royal and Ancient and at the USGA and remind them how important those sponsorship dollars are, that TV money is. We can, it, it, it was a disservice to everybody who enjoys the Ryder Cup to have our boys flying on an airplane from Atlanta across you know to, to to two different three different time zones to paris france and expect you know great results out of that team tiger just wanted to sleep it was apparent from the the entirety of the experience <laughs> now having said all those things i, I i'm going to repeat this every every time we talk about the Ryder cup on this show having said all those things uh, we take no indication of tiger's frame of mind his his match play capacity he is the OG. He's 33 and 10 in this event. And even with, uh, you know, he put up a valiant fight, by the way, against John Rahm uh, on that singles Sunday. It was the best golf he could muster. Now, Rahm won the match on like the 17th hole or so, 16th or 17th. But, you know, Tiger did all, all that he could. Tiger still has 
a winning singles uh, record at the Ryder Cup. He's 4-2-2 two, and two in singles matches, and he's 33-10 and 10 in this particular match play thing. So he's a, he's a, he's a singles match play OG. I just hey, wonder, go ahead, I, go I, ahead, I, talk to me. We did forget, we did, we did forget one thing. We forgot about the unbelievable Tiger versus Phil, which he did not, <laughs> he didn't, he didn't destroy Phil in that thing either. And I know that, well, true, but yeah, again, he, he looked like he needed some sleep. He wanted the, the the season to be over. He looked like he was still suffering from a little bit of that turkey turkey overdose. He had some tryptophan working. <laughs> now, I understand that because so did I. So did I. I don't blame the man, but, Listen, you know. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I hope he, like, that this is just the, but that it wasn't, didn't used to be the format for him, but that this is still the format for him, that you don't want to see him in your bracket and you don't want to have to face him heads up. I, I hope you're right about this. I just, it's, it's been a while since you <laughs> felt like you were staring down the barrel of a gun. How about this? I don't think I'm right. I mean, I don't think we're going to see the OG. <laughs> I, I, I think he's using this. He knows it's a guaranteed three matches on a course that some folks have likened to Augusta because of the speed of the greens and the um, the slope of the greens, the topography of the greens is such that it does give a, a, a faint impression of Augusta. And honestly, that that's my best guess as to why he's playing this event is, again, to keep getting that rust off, to make sure that he's healthy. He's really just working towards one thing, and that's Augusta, Georgia in two weeks. Well, I'll say this. I, yeah, I do think he wants to get the rounds in. I also think that when he was winning this thing, you know, three times in a short amount of time, 10, 15 years ago, I just feel like if you would have seen the draw and you would have seen the rookie of the year in his bracket, you'd have said, oh, that guy, he, he's mincemeat, right? The guy's probably going to yeah. try to get his autograph. Whereas right. now... Rookie of the year goes in there and you're like, hey, I don't know, man. I'm not so sure. This- <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, let, so let's set modest expectations. Do you think that he wins his group? He's, I mean, he's in a group with Patrick Cantlay, Brant Snedeker, and you mentioned Aaron Wise, the rookie of the year. Nice Callaway guy, by the way, Aaron Wise. Uh, those are the other three guys in his pod, group 13. Do you think that Tiger wins his pod? I would not bet on it. Wow. Okay. That's a stay away from Verno. Stay away from yeah. Tiger advancing out of out of his pod. Uh, well, I'm listen, with, I'm with you. It's impossible to pick, by the way. This thing is so, you know, much like you were talking about how it's kind of like the NCAA tournament. It's yes. also like the NCAA tournament in the sense that it's entirely random, right? Uh, <laughs> that, that it's, you, you're, you're talking about a very, you know, you're, you're talking about how do you play within X number of, of holes it's the same way it's like all right you got 40 minutes and and sometimes the ball rolls out if you're central florida or you miss a wide open three at the buzzer in the first round versus auburn and and now those teams very well may be like final four teams but they were just i mean you know the, their opponents they had them dead to right possibly and so it's a great I, point I feel kind of the same way it is so hard to to pick this thing because it, it just feels like all right, and I know that Bubba Watson, who 
I mean, did he ever say anything positive, by the way? I was reading this quote <laughs> this morning, and he's like, it's a miracle if I, if I win this thing. And I actually, I think it's kind of stupid the way the format is. I'm like, geez, man, you're <laughs> such a freaking Debbie Downer all the time. I love him. I love him. He just does him. <laughs> Bubba doing Bubba. At all times, never change. Just, just be your authentic. Whatever pops in your head, Bubba. Let it out. I mean, here's the only thing we know that's predictable about this tournament. The winner is going to be a high-class, high-pedigree winner. Here's your last five winners. Bubba last year, DJ the year before that, Jason Day the year before that, Rory in 2015, and Jason Day back in 2014. Those are all major winners, major performers on the major stage, uh, high-pedigree guys. Now, the runners-up in some of these years have not been that high quality. Bubba beat the pants off Kevin Kisner last year. So you have that kind of you know uh, dichotomy, right? You have, on the one hand, somebody that could get hot. And part of the thing to remember here also, Verno, this is kind of a marathon. You have to win seven matches to win this thing. Because you go through your first three, you advance to the round of 16, you know, you know, 16, eight, final four, and then you have to win the final day. That that's you got to be prepared for a lot of golf. So it's got to be somebody that's that's fresh enough. That's why somebody like Paul Casey, I don't have going very far, because we know that that guys that win uh one week going into the next, and it's a short week for him. He won Sunday and he's coming out on Wednesday to play more golf. I'm just saying I'm not, and, and I think Paul Casey will be fine. I'm just saying I, I he's not on my pick to, uh, uh, to win. Um, but let, let's go ahead. Now we're going to do uh final four. We're going to, uh, you and I agreed before we got on here today that we would try our best to give out a final four. This is going to be the Callaway Epic flash final four picks of the week. And as you know, Verno Callaway deployed, innovative flash face technology that was created by using artificial intelligence. That's the best kind of intelligence. That's the kind that that works best with me and machine learning. That's much better than Joe house learning to promote faster ball speeds. Callaway continues to have the most PGA tour driver wins of any brand. In fact, just this past weekend uh, wins on both the LPGA tour and the web.com tour. And this is a cool stat. Both of those wins were by non-staffers. So you have non-Callaway people continuing to put this Epic Flash driver into play. The Callaway Epic Flash, the most worldwide tour wins of any driver ran in 2019. You got one, Verno. Did I get you one? I don't have the flash yet. And in fact, Oh, we're working on it. I, it's in progress. I, I got one. I, I'm in Mexico. I'm, I'm still, putting that thing to use. I'm still killing the rogue. <laughs> oh, well, it, it, with good reason because the rogue ball go far i love the rogue and the, you know what uh callaway has uh, a bunch of, of 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 tour guys still using the rogue as well so we we rep the rogue we like the rogue but the epic flash is is, is where it's at i this adoption by all the non-staffers it's i think it's double digits now across all the professional tours of non-callaway people that have been playing this thing putting it into use anyway hey. This is, absolutely, this is absolutely true. The other night, I was at an NBA game, and a guy stopped me in the hallway, and I thought I, I was certain he was going to ask me about some NBA thing, and he was like, do you have that epic flash yet? And I was like, <laughs> I, have, I, I haven't gotten one yet. And he goes, I got it. And he goes, 
that is the most unbelievable driver I've ever. That's a true story. Guy stopped oh. me in the hall. Now, that now, now the beginning of the sentence was when he stopped me. He said that he had found my driver. This true story. I had years ago. I had this old Nike driver, and I cursed loudly and th- and threw it, and it and it stayed in a tree. <laughs> How right? long ago was the this? Guy, it was last summer. Last summer. Oh, at the beginning a year of ago. The summer. Yeah, a year ago. Prior All to right. the rogue. Well, how about? Th- I mean, I, that Nike belongs in a tree. Uh, you know, I, for whatever reason, I could hit the thing. So it's like one of those. You know, when you see these guys. You know, when you see these guys, it's like they'll say, "Like, what's in their bag?" And it'll be like, "Yeah, Mike yeah." Or has this. You know, know, that you can get on eBay for five bucks or Tommy Fleetwood, (laughs) one with a pair of Nike blades (laughs) that you can buy for 150 bucks. I got it. I got it. It's just, it was just, it was almost a nostalgic thing. But anyways, that nostalgia wore off and it became where I couldn't hit it. And I, myself, was in match play between one of my buddies for, (laughs) unfortunately, a significant amount. And Uh I, uh. I got so mad that I threw it in the tree. And so this guy stopped me and then told me that he had, he had found my driver at this golf course. Um, and he asked me if I wanted it back. And I was like, no, give it away. Like, no, I don't yeah. want it back. You, you and, and that's you when he went into this monologue about the epic class and about how it's the greatest driver he's ever had in his life. And I was like, well, I'll be there. What a, what a promo. A smart man. Smart, very, yeah. very smart man, Bruno. Uh, well, let, let's proceed on, on the heels of that into some, some, uh, some prognostication here. Why don't you give your final four and then, then okay. I'll, I'll, I'll share mine. All right. So I want to get to, I want to see what you think about this line of thinking. So the first thing I did was obviously I was looking at all the odds and then I was looking at all the groups, right? Cause the odds are going to reflect probably what kind of draw these guys got and who's going to have to face who that being said. I also wanted to look at, we're winding down to the Masters, right? And yes. so, who needs this badly? I get that it's a WGC, and I get that there's tons of money on the line. But you got to be in that top 50, and the only other guy, assuming he does not already have an automatic qualifying, that's going to get into uh, into the Masters is somebody that wins that last tournament, Texas, right? Um, that's so right. So, now, you've got to... There, there's these guys that are like right on the outside looking in, and it's yes, and it's pretty good names. It's Jim Furyk, it's Russell Knox, yeah, it's uh, uh, Hun on, it's Lee Westwood, Luke List, um, and I think he was the last guy to get in this field. Luke List was, and so yeah. I'm like, well, how much do, you know? Do you buy that? If I'm using that line of thinking, like, okay, for some of these guys, this matters a lot for because they really want to finish. Some of them need to finish in the top four of this in order to be able to get that slot to the Masters. Do you buy that? I, I do buy it, and I look specifically at one of those names you mentioned, Jim Furyk, because he is, uh, not to jump your, your narrative, in, in the so-called, you know, the, the real genuine group of death. I mean, his, his pod is absurd. Uh, it just worked out that way. It's Jason Day, Phil Mickelson, Henrik Stenson, and and Jim Furyk. Uh, and and honest to God, 
you know, I I have no way of distinguishing among those four guys. I guess, you know, based on on current form, recent form, Mickelson has looked a little lost. Uh uh Stenson is showing signs. Jason Day finished inside the top ten at the players, and obviously Furick uh finished second at the players and then acquitted himself nicely uh down at the Valspar. Um, but out of that group, Furick is the most motivated to go uh, try and play his ass off. I think he has to win at least twice in his pod uh, or maybe win the pod to, to crack the top 50. Well, and we just saw him a couple of weeks ago throw a you know, 60-something up on the weekend. So and we know that this capable. golf course, this golf course, uh, while it, it has a reputation of, of um, you know, bombers can have a, a good time there, you don't necessarily have to be a bomber to perform well, uh, you know, case in point, Kevin Kisner last year. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, all right, who is, who is, who is built for it? And then I'm kind of looking at their bracket and I'm going, all right, who's going to get picked off? I got a little worried that Alex Norin is in his bracket. I know we talked last week about how we have this concern about, uh, we need Brooks Kepka eating cheeseburgers, but we've also talked about his odds are long at this. Yeah, the odds. I mean, you usually don't get Kepka like this, and so he's got the long odds, and maybe it's for good reason. But one of the things we've talked about is his tendency to get bored, and what can alleviate said boredom, and that is having to go heads up with somebody. I do think that this is the kind of thing where it's like, all right, now it's me versus the guy who wins and who loses, and I like guys. In those particular spots, I like the ones that I feel like are, you know, are built for it. Like heads up, they're ready to go up against you, and they really want to win. So, in terms of, I was I was trying to find long odds because I tried the long odds, and then I tried the short odds, and now I went back to the long odds, and I'm like, all right, who's kind of in these groups? But I kind of think he can get out of his group, and obviously that's the first thing to do. The other one was when. Bubba said what he said, which is, is a miracle if I win, and he was so down on the format. Now watch, he'll probably bangle everybody. But there was something, I mean, I guess obviously when you hear Austin Country Club, maybe that is what persuaded me a little bit, but I'm like, what if, why, why is Jordan Spieth like a million to one? I know he has played like crap, but if the guy is ever going to get it back together, House, wouldn't you think Austin Country Club is a place? And I always liked him as a guy that, like, all right, it's me versus you. Now, who's going to win? Like, I do feel like he's the type that if he's standing over a 25-foot putt to beat me, like, I'm still worried. I'm still worried. Like, I do think he's that kind of guy. We've been waiting for him to show up at this venue as a quarterfinalist back in 2014, but in, he's only come out of the group stage once in the last four I years. Know. And that was at the height of his powers a few years ago, this version of him. I just, you know, they, he, he's a, he's a stay away for me. And you, you know what? I mean, and again, again, I say he's built for it. And then, then it's in my head that like, Oh, he's built for it. And that's like somebody like Rory's not that I watch Rory you know, stare down the barrel and just mangle people every week now. So like, I don't, and Ricky Fowler too, for that matter. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, yeah. like these are guys that, 
these are guys that I thought, oh, he's got a 25-footer to beat me. He ain't beating me. Right, right. But by the way, he's playing in Austin. This guy is a he's a Texas legend. I know, I know. If he's ever going to get it back together, if he's ever going to, like, reclaim his spot as one of the great players in the world, don't you feel like it would be at the Austin Country Club? I mean, of all things. He has a ton of familiarity. He has a huge track record of of playing there. He's played there a million times. Uh, He's super familiar with it, but it hasn't helped him in in years past. Now is exactly the time for him. It would be great for the story. You know I'm always rooting for a great story to have him show a sign of life right before the Masters because that just amps up how juicy the Masters would be. Okay, so I know he's a big favorite. I know, I know, I know he's amongst the favorites, but I thought Thomas got a great pod in terms of advancing. I mean, Keegan Bradley hasn't won a match since like 2012 or 13, and the other two guys have never even been in it. And so I do like again, you're just trying to get out of that first one. And so yeah. when I'm looking through them, and I'm looking at strength of player versus the other three guys. How much do the other three guys concern me about beating them heads up? Um, and Spieth, by the way, is in Bubba's. So that, that'll be extremely interesting, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So and, you've said three names who, so far. You said, who, 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 yeah. what, are you? Kepka, Spieth, Thomas. Okay. Who else did I write down? Well, you, yeah, Poulter, you, there's got to be one more. Poulter, I'm looking at the regions. Okay, Poulter, because he can... Uh, now they look at the region. Where is Poulter? Because he's forty to one. Guy's got a thirty-three and ten record, and you know in these match plays, like he's he's the kind of guy you play against, and like he hits a putt, and he's like you know humping the green and going crazy. I mean, I I don't think he's an easy guy to play against. He's got he's so electric. So Poulter, he's in the same region as Kepka. So you have to choose okay. cheeseburger or or singles, you know, match play champion. Match play greens humper. So I like, I still like Kepka. I, I don't oh. know, man. I just feel like he's not going to get bored. And I actually think that if the, uh, the humping, uh, you know, going wild, barking and yelling and the crowd going crazy, whatever, that that's just going to piss him off more and like make him even less bored. <laughs> well, here's the thing. My concern with Kepka, I'm, I'm fading Kepka and I'm fading him for two reasons. One because You're I'm petty. All my guys. I'm a petty son of a bitch, and he uh, went out and he had a lackluster players championship. And then we found out after the fact that he'd gone through this weight loss regime and no cheeseburgers and all that. So first of all, I'm petty, so I'm not pick. I'm fading him because I want to punish him. But I also don't have any assurance that whatever is going on physically is far enough in his rear view mirror. Now it was supposed to be the case that he was supposed to enjoy his first cheeseburger a week ago from, from today uh, or, or yesterday, whatever, you know, a week ago, I don't know whether it was a good cheeseburger or not, Verno. So I, I, I'm staying away from, from the guy that's, that doesn't know where his body's at or where his strength is at. I'm, I'm fading oh, him. Give me a break. How's your, you're getting into the quality of the cheeseburger. The point is he ate it. <laughs> That's what we needed. Do we know that he ate it? I didn't see a picture. Where's the proof? We just need him to regain his powers. Andy was talking shit to Phil Mickelson about his calves on Instagram. I love it. Well, 
Phil Love Mickelson's it. calves are 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 the ninth wonder of the world, and Megan Schuster and I are going to uh, break down those calves and the commercial that the, the fake commercial he just shot because I can't get enough. It is the single uh, most important aspect of his game at, at this point. Uh, so you're going to do the one thing I, I will say, I will say the one thing I worry about Poulter is the group is Kisner Mitchell and, and Tony Finau because yeah. I liked Finau, but I mean, listen, Poulter's record is it's pretty stellar, you know, and he's been playing well. Yes, all all those things are true. Yeah, Poulter, you can't sleep on him in this event. Let me pull up the record real quick here. I have it sitting here. Thirty-three and ten, right? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, twenty-eight and fourteen. Is that right? Twenty-eight and fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got it. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I yeah. Like, look, I, 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 listen, you eat cheeseburgers. I don't care about the quality of it. Um, <laughs> so, all right, Brooks, Thomas, Molinari, I had down as a guy to look at. Um, He's five and zero with the Ryder Cup, right? So I mean, I just saw him, and maybe I know you made every excuse in the world for Team America, but <laughs> well, that, that didn't change. Yeah, Molinari went uh-huh. out there and kicked ass, and I'm not going to do anything to diminish what what Molinari did. Um, I will say, uh, yeah, look at look at Poulter, 27 and 15. Uh, he would he made he's made he won it in 2010 and and Final Four two other times in the quarterfinalist last year. Ian Poulter is made for this. So that, that I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine if you want to uh, ride him a little bit. No, we were talking. I, I got kept knocking him out. So I'm, go- All I'm right. going, uh, I can have Speed Thomas, correct? That does not have to be the final yes. four. That could be the final. No, no. Yeah, you can the have two- Speed Thomas. That can be the final. If that's the final that you like, you can have that's that. That's, okay. Yes, those All are right. the, two, the two buddies. The two buddies okay. in Austin, Texas. What a story. <laughs> well, I'm going in a in a slightly different direction. I'm riding this trend of non-US players. We are on a streak here, Verno, of non-US born players winning the these events. We have Paul Casey this week. We had uh, uh, uh Rory McElroy the week before, my man Frankie Molinari the week before that. That's three in a row. It's it's fairly unprecedented to have Four non-U.S. players win in four consecutive weeks, but here's my final four for this event. And here's the reason I'm I'm a, I'm worried about Justin Thomas. I like him quite a bit. I wanted to put him in the final, but the region that he's in has Jason Day, uh, Tiger Woods, and Rory McIlroy in it, and I'm not going against Rory McIlroy until further notice. Like, I, there's just nothing that you, that anybody's going to say to me to make me think. Now, it does set up in that region to be a beautiful, glorious rematch of the Ryder Cup, Justin Thomas against Rory McIlroy to advance to the Final Four. I have those two together. That's delicious, but I'm just not going against Rory with the form that he's in right now. Um, but I, I, I so well, I have, well, listen, Rory, by the way, by the way, Rory, DJ, all of these, again, I'm looking at the odds when I'm doing this. Yes. And of course, those are the best players in the world. I was just trying to find people that are longer shots. And I know Thomas's aren't that great. Those other guys were at least taking it. Because you. I think that the format is worth, I mean, a golly, it, taking short odds in this format is death. I think death, I death, Rory's the only one that I have advancing to the final four, and I'm not giving him out as a winner. My other three guys uh, to round out this final four, Frankie Molinari at 25 to one, 
I agree with you uh, on this idea of Ryder Cup mojo carrying him through. He will. He's he has no problem going mano y mano with anybody. He came out with his brand new Callaway golf clubs at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, put a 64 on the whole field. I love where Frankie Molinari, Frankie Onions, as we like to call him, Frankie Cipolla, that's the Italian version. I also like uh, my boy John Rahm. I just like the form that he's in, available at 20 to 1 to win the whole thing. I have him in that, in that final four, uh, advancing in a region that features... Uh, Xander Shoffley and Sergio Garcia and Dustin Johnson. Now I'm fading Johnson for two reasons. One, I believe, uh, that, 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 um, he's going to have his hands full against Hideki Matsuyama out of his own pod. And his own pod also has Brandon Grace, who has kind of a sneaky, he can get streaky inside of a match play format. We've seen it before. Um, but I, so I have, uh, Rom going up against Matsuyama, and then Rom uh, advancing into the final four. That runner-up finish Rom had a couple years ago was impressive. I just don't think DJ cares enough, and that's what I attribute that Valspar thing to. It's like he just shows up. He's got whatever game he's got. He's not gonna. He's he's unflappable. He's not going to be disappointed um, if if he doesn't you know make every putt, and if he doesn't make every every putt, then he he can get bounced. So. I, I just want to uh, uh, go against the chalk a little bit with that one. So I have John Rahm in there at 20 to 1. Rory's my only chalk. He's in there at 8 to 1. Frankie Molinari at 25 to 1. And then I have in this region where you were looking at Tony Finau and you were looking at Brooks Kepka, the guy that I have coming out of that region, Verno, none other than Louis Oosthuizen. Don't Ooh. sleep on Louis. The runner-up, by the way, at the most recent tournament played on the PGA Tour, the Valspar, he went out and shot uh, two under uh, to grab second place alone. Louis Oosthuizen available right now at 40 to 1 uh, to win the, the, the event, and he has a terrific track record in this event. Now listen to, to Louis' uh, uh, credentials here. So, Verno, listen to this. 19 and 10. In this match play event, he was the runner-up at this venue, Austin Country Club, to Jason Day in 2016, and a quarterfinalist on two other occasions. And his road to get to the Final Four here is only loaded with with guys that I think he he can stare down, uh, look in the, the the barrel of the gun and take out. Now he has Fleetwood in his pod. So uh, Oosthuizen could lose right out of the right out of the box because Tommy Fleetwood uh, has both a, a decent uh, you know match play singles kind of record and um, is in form as we've observed. But uh, I just like uh, Oosthuizen's forty to one odds here, and I think his his uh, track record of success at this particular venue tease him up well. So he has to face down Tommy Fleetwood to get out of his pod. And then he's up against Finau or Kepka. And then he's up against Frankie Onions. Uh, uh, oh, no, no, that would be in the final four. And then he's up against whoever's that comes out of that Bryson DeChambeau thing. So I, I'm, I'm, I like Oosthuizen. I think his path, none of the names that I just mentioned are names that blow me away. I will say Tommy Fleetwood could Poke, poke a hole in this whole thing and blow it up. But those are my final four. John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Frankie Molinari, and Louis Oosthuizen. All right, then I've got a, the, the, the one pod that I've got to change 
is I've got to change the one that's got DJ as the one seed. Yeah. Because I've got I've I've got Speed Thomas, Kepka, and then in that top pod, that's where you're going, Rom. You know what? I'll take a flyer on Westwood. What? <laughs> now look, yeah. you you talked about guys that need to do something to stay in the top fifty right. to play in the Masters. There, there, that gets me my guy because I had mentioned him earlier. That gets me that uh, guy that needs to be. If he gets to the final four, he gets the Masters. Okay. So one last hurrah from Lee Westwood, huh? There you go. Lee Westwood. I mean, that's that those are long odds. What are his odds to win? Do you have that handy? I don't. I don't have Westwood. Oh. No, no, hold on. I'll, I mean, I'll pull probably it up. 30, probably 3,500 to one, right? Now, look, he, he is Lee Westwood, 17 and 19. He, what he is is a match play veteran. This is his 18th start. He was a semifinalist back in 2000. And 12, but as you say, he's got to do something. Now, look who he's got to face down. That means uh, he's to, to, if he's going to come out of his pod, that's Xander Shoffley, Rafa Cabrera-Bello, who had a good run a couple years ago. I'm out on Rafa, by the way. He he screwed me in the uh, in the Players' Championship. <laughs> Tyrell Hatton, who's, who's, who's been good in this match play event before. Uh, and then the, the other pods that, that Westwood's going to have to conquer, Sergio Garcia, and then uh, if he comes out of the one. Now, we don't think anything about Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed uh, has his wife reaching out to swing coach uh, uh, gurus to help him with the swing. Um, but uh, And then Johnson uh, and Matsuyama. Let me, go, let me go ahead and tell you and the listeners this. This is the first year in probably three or four years for the NCAA tournament that I have not lost Final four team or a eventual national champion that I had picked in the first round, whether it was Virginia, Michigan State, whoever, right, over the last three or four years. This is the first year that I've gotten them right for the NCAA tournament. I still, down to the Sweet 16, have all my final four teams remaining. That being said, I think it is probably going to carry over to golf. I fully expect (laughs) all four of my guys... All four of them are going to get knocked out in the first round. So I in no way am endorsing okay. anybody right, taking these picks for anything other than fun. If they are right, I'm going to brag my ass off. And if they are wrong, I'm going to say it's match play. It's impossible to pick. And I tried guys yes. with long odds. Listeners beware. He went Westwood, Thomas, yep. Spieth. Kepka, listeners beware. Uh, Verno's already disclaiming his picks. House went Matsuyama. No, wait a minute. House went uh, Rom, McElroy, Molinari, Ustazen. Those are your Callaway Epic Flash picks of the week. <laughs> hey, Verno, we'll reconvene and see how we did. I'll, I'll talk to you next week. All right, listen, that's eight guys. They're all different, right? All different. They're all different. Eight, the eight over under guys. on how many final four we get right. We've got eight <laughs> picks. We'll set that as as another uh, bet that we can let the listeners go in on, and maybe we'll give out some Callaway for it. I, I have these beautiful Chrome Soft Truvis golf balls. Maybe we'll do four. So those are eight names. Uh, tweet at us. Tweet at Verno or or you know uh, <laughs> you're, you're at Chris Vernon, right? At Chris Vernon show. Yeah, at Chris Vernon Show, all one word. I'm at House from D.C. We gave out eight names. Give us your over-under on how many we get correct. The winner, whoever gets closest, we got uh, four dozen Callaway Chrome Soft Truviz golf balls, maybe like the one that President George W. Bush hit a hole-in-one with uh, last week. 
That's what we'll give away. So just tweet at us. We'll keep a running tally of everybody that that came in on this, and and we we got some golf balls for you to kick off the season now on the East Coast. It's time to play some golf, Verno. And how many of the final four? How many of the final four did we get right? Oh, I, I look. I it, so I there is definitely going to be a listener too that comes at us with zero. You know that. I would. <laughs> well, that means we're Can just respecting Rory. No, we can't just. No, you're out. We we we. Well, I'm not. I won't tolerate any disrespect to Rory. All right, Verno, we got it. Uh, we'll we'll talk next week and see how we did. Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks, Al. My bogey buddies, quick break to share with you a word from our friends at Zip Recruiter. Hiring used to be hard, not anymore. You had multiple job sites out there, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. Not anymore because today hiring can be easy. It should be easy. You only have to go one place to get it done, and that is ZipRecruiter.com slash rollin. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there with their powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That's fast. That's efficient. Getting the job done. Right now, listeners of Fairway Rolling can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Rollin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-O-L-L-I-N. ZipRecruiter slash Rollin. Oops, ZipRecruiter.com slash Rollin. Let's get this WWW stuff correct, my birdie buddy. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now on the tee, Megan Schuster. Yo, Schusty. House, how are you? I am A-OK. I'm in Mexico. I'm down in Mexico. Mayacoba. Schusty, it's spring break, and I'm in search of one El Toucan. I'm down here looking for El Toucan. Oh, my goodness. Any luck? Well, so far, uh, I, I've heard that he may be on vacation himself, but he's back uh, he's supposed to be back on plant this week, so I'm hoping that there will be a chance encounter. I have a giant wallet full of money that I intend to give him <laughs> to help compensate, overcompensate for the 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 inglorious injustice mm. that greedy bastard Matt Kuchar perpetrated. <laughs> he it, it required all of social media and all of 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 the the world wide web the entire internet to come down on Kucher to get get his wallet open and squeeze out something fair for El Toucan who all he did was navigate uh, Kucher around for his to his first victory in four years like way way to come up off of it way to pay it forward there Cooch buddy yeah anyway I intend to pay it forward uh, uh, Schusty believe me good good and I'm happy to hear that El Toucan is on a very very deserved vacation he truly earned it and I'm happy to hear that yes so hopefully you will there'll be some pictures of he and I uh, embracing. 
Uh, we might be in front of a of of the giant billboard of Kucher that they have down there. I can't <laughs> I can't be responsible for whatever happens in that picture with my hands, whatever gesticulations I might be uh, uh, performing <laughs> as it relates to Kucher. But I know my arm will be one arm will be around my boy El Tucan because he, he's he's a man of the people and he deserves it. Yes, I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it on the gram. Well, speaking of seeing it on the gram. How about a little bit of of uh, golf social this week? We have some. Uh, we have an old familiar friend who's made <laughs> her glorious, not yes. his, her glorious reappearance on the social scene. Please let's let's share it with all the fairway Rollins. Well, House, did you start to feel the earth shift a little bit on Thursday? Because I certainly did. Um, Will Gray from Golf Channel tweeted out Thursday that our good friend Justine Reed is back back in the news. She uh, apparently during or after sometime during Patrick's round uh, reached out to swing coach David Ledbetter to see. It's it's not confirmed if she texted or called. There have been conflicting reports. But apparently at some point during Patrick's round, she had had enough of his swing, reached out to Ledbetter to ask if he could give Patrick a lesson ahead of the second round. And we're talking about, this is at the most recent Valspar tournament yes. where he missed the cut by 123 strokes, Yes, right? yes. So she texted him during the Thursday round, which during which Patrick shot a 77, so understandable. Um, apparently they had a session together Friday morning, didn't really help. Patrick tried a 75 and missed the cut, but apparently they had a second lesson. He stuck around on Saturday, had a second lesson, and uh, he can Ledbetter confirmed uh, on a Sirius XM show yesterday on Monday that he is officially joining the Patrick Reed team, and they are going to stick together in the lead up to the Masters. I'm holding my belly because I don't want to laugh. <laughs> uh, I have so much respect for David Ledbetter, uh, and you know he his. Uh, his resume precedes him. His credentials precede him. He's a legendary teacher. But this sequence of events, the piece of this that precedes all of it is Patrick Reed at the Players' Championship uh, observing that he had finally worn out his iron set. He'd been playing Callaway irons that were specifically made for him while he was under contract to Callaway. He is famously not under contract with any manufacturer at the moment, and he finally had beat those Callaway uh, blades up so much that he needed a replacement. He said he worked with the good people at Titleist and came up with something that was such a, a, fa- a replica, such a wonderful facsimile of the, the Callaway clubs that he was playing that it was a seamless transition. Hmm. And this was through the first three rounds at the players where he shot in the 60s. I haven't heard anything further about those Titleist irons, Schusty, <laughs> since he shot 78 on Sunday, Ooh. followed up by a 77 at Valspar, followed up by a 75 at Valspar. I don't know if it is uh, the 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 craftsman or the or the tools mm-hmm. that's responsible here, but I do know that Callaway's got brand new Apex irons out <laughs> right now, including the four iron used by none other than Frankie Chipola, Frankie Molinari, for a hole-in-one, the first time he put this Apex 19 four-iron into play in tournament play. He hits a hole-in-one with it the Thursday of the Arnold Palmer Invitational. These golf clubs are not used by Patrick Reed, so that means they are the number one iron on tour. Yeah, Patrick has certainly struggled without those Callaway irons. I will say he's currently uh, tied 
tied for 126 in strokes gained off the tee, 149th in strokes gained approach to green, 160th in greens and regulation. It, it's just, he's a mess. Truly a Those mess are bad right now. numbers. Those really, are not good numbers. Really, really bad. And that's after starting the year with five straight top 25 finishes. So uh, hopefully Ledbetter can get things sorted out. But I just well, am how so... About this? Yeah. Oh, I'm just I'm just thrilled to have Justine back in our lives. Well, she it's time to hit the panic button and Justine is the one panicking <laughs> because we're we're 2 weeks away from the Masters and he's the defending champion. He gets to go walk in there with his ribeye dinner, his ribeye and macaroni and cheese. Now, by the way, I would never say anything bad about a ribeye and macaroni and cheese. Oh, absolutely but I'm going to say all kinds of bad things about his game. Those stats you just walked out are terrible stats for somebody that has aspirations on defending a title at Augusta National, and notwithstanding his own familiarity there from his background, his college playing days, you come into Augusta with in that kind of form, you go home on Friday night. You just, you, so he, 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 the entirety of Patrick Reed's experience at Augusta this coming week may be enjoying this dinner with all these other champions, <laughs> slapping it around for a couple of rounds, and he's home in his own bed Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Justine definitely seems in like saving face mode. Uh, Patrick was asked about her decision to reach out on his behalf. Uh, he said that he has full confidence in her decisions and quote, the great thing is we're basically on the same wavelength, her and I, because of that, before I even finished my opening round, I didn't even have to tell her basically to reach out to Ledbetter. So it sounds like they're potentially on the same page. I don't know if Patrick's just trying to back up Justine publicly or what's going on, but uh, he's got to figure out something fast because that could be a very embarrassing round for him at Augusta. Go team Reed. Go, go team Reed. Go for it. Go team Reed. That's <laughs> that's that's all I can say. All right, what else do we got? I know there there was some something uh, you know, uh the the some some legs that made an appearance this week. Yes, yes. Phil's calves, Phil Mickelson's calves are back in the news house, just like we all expected. Um, so Phil's calves initially started getting a lot of attention after the PGA Tour decided to allow players to wear shorts during practice rounds and pro-ams. Uh, he tweeted out a photo of himself playing in shorts and the world quickly latched on to um, his very muscular calves house. Um, <laughs> extremely, like, shockingly muscular calves. So Phil decided to... Uh, continue his his lower leg tour um this week he tweeted out a video called Phil Kwando Calves which was basically uh his own personal workout video um during this video he essentially said that he has calves like Adonis and he repeated that multiple times um he also said that it was part 1 of potentially a five part series so i'm very curious to see if we have more Phil Cav workout videos to come Oh God, I'm I'm praying for it. It might be the case, Schusty. We might need a new segment on Fairway Rolling this week in Phil Mickelson's calves, <laughs> be because we really we don't have much to talk about with his golf. He's been kind of all over the place a little bit after his win at, at Pebble Beach, and I have no idea what to expect in terms of the match play. He is in the pod of death, the group of death, yes. along with Furyk and Justin Thomas. Uh, and who am I forgetting? Another oh, Jason Day, an mm -hmm. incredible, incredible. That's easy. That could easily be a final four in this event um, if these guys were in different regions, and yet they all landed in the same pod, which is obviously a pod anomaly. That I, <laughs> I I'll let the uh, mathematicians 
responsible for these uh, rankings and assignments explain how it is that those four guys could end up in the same grouping. It's, I think it's just it was just the way the ping pong balls came out of the machine, but that's a that's a bad draw for all those guys mm-hmm. <laughs> involved there. Um, but yeah, so we're going to pay close attention to Phil's calves, probably more <laughs> attention to his calves than, than, than his golf game until we get to the masters where the sentimental, uh, at, you know, the sentimentality of Phil at the masters will take over and we'll, we will celebrate, um, him in some pants, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. You never know with him at Augusta, he could, you know, have a breakout breakout performance and kind of right the ship and the roller coaster that he's been on, or he could miss the cut and continue this spiral. But either way, we'll have uh, some Phil content, hopefully to celebrate. Oh, it, it goes without saying that we will have Phil content. <laughs> he is committed to it. He is a, he, nobody's embraced social for a guy that that's been on for all of five months. Right, nobody, right. He, he's, he's, he's rookie, he's social rookie of the year. I mean, he's already wrapped it up as far as I'm concerned. He doesn't have to do anything else to win. Certainly golf social rookie of the year, <laughs> uh, but possibly social across every single platform uh, rookie of the year. Um, so I'm in Mexico. Uh, I, I uh, sent a note to you saying let's let's find some spicy matchups here in these first uh, the, the, these first groupings, these first uh, pod competitions. Um, and you picked out a handful. Uh, let's go through who you picked out and 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 what you like about it. Yeah. Uh, so the first match that I wanted to highlight uh, comes to us this Friday. So we have to wait a few days. Um, but it's John Rahm against Matt Kuchar. Uh, this one I'm excited for from a variety of perspectives, uh, both from a personality standpoint and from a golf standpoint. I cannot wait to see how John Rahm does up against Matt Kuchar, you know, who has his own personality traits, uh, some of which we've already discussed today. Um, but also from a golf standpoint, John Rahm made the finals against Dustin Johnson in this event two years ago. He had a top 10 finish last weekend at the Valspar. Um, Kucher is really fun to watch in match play, and he's advanced in this tournament six of the last eight times that he's played, and he won in 2013. So I think that one will be really fun um, and hopefully very competitive. It's a really interesting dynamic because you don't know which of the positive signals that are in the background for these guys will carry the day. Like you just mentioned how hot Ram is. He uh, reached the championship match in his in his debut, uh, and then he didn't win a single group match last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's been crushing the last several weeks on 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 tour. Um, an incredible series of of top tens, the fifty four hole leader of the players, mm-hmm. and you know we can't forget his meaningful victory against Tiger Woods at the Ryder Cup. Meaningful yes. personally to him, yes, uh, as a real like uh, validation of of his golf career. You know, a bucket list opportunity for him that he was able to check off. So he he's got. Um, Match play chops. Cooch has a look at Cooch has a 24 9 and 3 record. He won this thing in 2013, final four in 2011. Um, and and you know, his steady play is uh can can be um a perfect thing to 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 ride. So, okay, very well done. I agree. That is a habanero levy level (laughs) matchup. Um, my next. My next group that I wanted to highlight, basically the entirety of group 14, but specifically 
I'm basically just here for any match play round that includes Ian Poulter House. Uh, oh, just I'm I'm here for it. I love watching him play. I love watching him get under people's skin. Um, it's obviously the format that he you know completely thrives in. Uh, it'll be especially fun that he'll be playing against uh, Kevin Kisner who made the finals here last year, Tony Finau, whose Sunday singles win over Tommy Fleetwood was one of the U.S.'s only highlights at the Ryder Cup last year. Um, so I just think it's a fun all-around group, and I think every match in this group has the potential to be exciting. Well, I want to be respectful. We didn't even mention Keith Mitchell, who is here on his match play debut, um, but has been extraordinarily hot, nearly incandescent over the mm-hmm. last several weeks. He keeps showing up on leaderboards after winning the super tough Honda and and fending off, holding off, holding at bay Ricky Fowler and Brooks Kepka in that event. You know, he had 18-footer to avoid a playoff, and he sunk it. And since then, just keeps showing up on leaderboards, showed up on the leaderboard at the Arnold Palmer, showed up on the leaderboard at the player, so don't want to sleep on Keith Mitchell. This is a very, very rich pod. Ian Poulter, the mm-hmm. OG, 27 and 15 match play. Kisner with less experience, but 8-4 and 1, uh, showing good uh, match play chops. How could you ever say no to Finau? How, how yeah. you feel like a, a dummy sleeping on Tony Finau? <laughs> he won his individual match, as you mentioned, in at the at the Ryder Cup, and he was just chomping at the bit at the Ryder Cup to play as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the OG angle here. And in that vein, I'm going to have an OG meal tonight here at the Mayacoba. I'm going to have <laughs> a glorious chilaquile. Uh, that's, a, that's a breakfast dish. But I'm going to go ahead and have that as an appetizer um, with a little shredded chicken that's some egg. And they do have a beautiful roja salsa. So that's that's wow. my for this pod 14. That that's my that's my my chilaquile meal. Uh an OG chilaquile for the OG Ian Poulter. Incredible. I love it. Sounds fantastic and I think this group will end up being fantastic too. <laughs> well what what else do we got? Uh we have another OG matchup. Uh this one is not quite uh of the match play level that Ian Poulter is, but uh Phil Mickelson will be playing against Jim Furick on Thursday, which I think this one is mostly just fun to think about in my head, but there are also a few real world stakes. Um Furick's been great lately. He finished second at the players, obviously, had a top 25 finish at the Valspar this week. And he needs a high finish this week to qualify for the Masters house, which is something that I would definitely love to see. It wouldn't feel right to not have him there. Um, And also, though, Phil has not traditionally been great in this event. I am optimistically hoping that this sort of weird roller coaster season of his will kind of circle back this week and that his form will come back um, ahead of the Masters. So this is my sort of optimistic pick, but I think it could be fun nonetheless. Yeah, this is one where it's it's two old friends. These guys have been playing golf together for 500 years. They clearly like each other. Um, Phil played a big role in the Ryder Cup over in in France at Furyk's request and behest. Like this is my margarita matchup, right? <laughs> I mean, if, if I can just do everything in terms of of this experience, I'm enjoying down here. Mm-hmm. The I just want to sit back with a beautiful drink, make sure it's getting refreshed as often as possible. <laughs> Uh, these guys have, have played, you know, 200 matches. Phil is 24 and 14 in this match play format. Furick is 19, 18 and one. Neither one of them have ever, uh, uh, won 
this match play event. Phil's been there 15 times. His best result is twice as a quarterfinalist. Furick, this is his 18th uh, match play start. Best result was in 2015. He lost to Rory in the semifinals. And I think that was the uh, 2015 was the match play event that Rory actually went on to win. So uh, no knock on Furick mm-hmm. for that. But this is one where you wonder, like this would be one if the tour was able to pull it off and convince the guys, just put mics on them. Totally. And this, let the banter be like <laughs> the not the stilted banter right. that poor Tiger and poor Phil had to generate for that silly <laughs> Vegas thing. Now there that that is going to work out. I think that will be fun mm-hmm. and funny eventually. They just had to to knock the rust off. But let these two guys, two guys who are super comfortable playing together, Phil Mickelson, Jim Furyk, the old guard, the OGs. Uh, go ahead, mic them up. Let's hear what they have to say. Let's hear them give the needle. I'll sit back. I'll have my margarita and I'll have it on the rocks. <laughs> yeah, this matchup would be completely incredible to have be mic'd up. I can't even imagine the kind of stories that they would tell. Um, it would also be great, like you said, because if you know the full pressure isn't on them to entertain us for the entire day, it would be great to have some little commentary interspersed. It would be really incredible. It would be really incredible. Okay, you got one more for me? Yeah, last one. Uh, This one is purely, purely narrative-driven as uh, one of the people in this matchup has not been playing well at all this year. Um, But I'm I'm locked in on Jordan Spieth against Bubba Watson on Friday. And for a a few reasons, for a few reasons. Spieth has obviously been pretty much a disaster this year. And so far, I haven't really seen any signs that make me think things are turning around. However, Bubba who won this event last year is coming into it in possibly the most apathetic fashion we've ever seen from a reigning champion. Um, Basically his whole media tour over the last few days has been a call to eliminate this event altogether and like an anti-match play sentiment. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe big, maybe um, if Spieth gets a win here over the reigning champ gets a little bit of his confidence back Maybe this helps him slowly right the ship. Maybe I'm just being a little too optimistic, but. Well, I'm with you. So Verno actually gave out Jordan Spieth as one of his final four uh, contestants (laughs) in in this thing. We tried (laughs) to come up with final fours. Verno is so narrative driven. Yeah. And he he feels like he's on a hot streak. He he, uh, has entered this Sweet 16 in the NCAA basketball pool with every one of his Final Four contestants still alive. Wow. An unprecedented condition. So he's just feeling his his Final Four swag. And he gave out, you know, he gave out Lee Westwood and 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 Jordan Spieth. I mean, oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> crazy to some. Now that when 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 Verno and I were talking about it, I observe, I love a good story and I want to believe what Jordan Spieth said, which is at the players, he found something with his putting that he feels like he can build on. Okay. We don't, we don't have any, any good signs. I don't, I don't think as it relates to his iron play. Mm -hmm. And that is what has really been letting him down from my perspective. (laughs) But if you found the putting and the putting works, that's conquering one big issue. Mm -hmm. And let's go ahead and, 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 and build on that. It would be so good. On March the 27th and 28th and 29th, two weeks out from Augusta, to see a sign of life from Jordan Spieth. 
it's it's really important for him because I think if he can get just a little bit of that confidence back heading into Augusta where he's traditionally played so well, obviously outside of a few key holes that didn't go his way, but it would be really great to see him pick up a, a win over a tough opponent here, get a little bit of mojo going, play hopefully well at Augusta and maybe finish out the year on a high note. So this is one where it just feels like uh, it, it deserves a shot. This is a shot of tequila for me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what your particular tequila of choice. I'm, I'm going to try and find some La Familia down here. There you uh, go. I know that's, that's something uh, that they feature up in Los Angeles. I was uh, lucky enough to enjoy that at the Bel Air Country Club recently. Not that I rub those kinds of shoulders every day <laughs> of the week, but uh, we'll, we'll see what they have down here at Mayacoba. Schusty, that is a delightful dish a beautiful set of appetizers as we walk into the sweet 16 round thanks for joining and i'll talk to you again soon talk to you later house all right my fairway friends there we go that is fairway rolling quick reminder listen to verno and i give out our eight selections for the final four i have four verno has four whoever gets closest tweet at us at Chris Vernon Show, at House from D.C., let us know how many you think we're going to get right. You're going to have to do this before tomorrow morning when the thing gets going. Uh, closest to our eight, how many we get right out of the eight is going to win four dozen Chrome Soft golf balls, including some Truvis that President George W. Bush, ex-President George W. Bush, used to hit a hole-in-one last week. Uh, quick reminder on the show schedule we're going to get our recap of the wgc match play up quickly sunday evening we have to start our master's preparation in earnest so sunday night into monday you're going to hear some early thinking on the masters the following week monday april the 8th our master's preview show will be up stick around all week long there will be ringer masters content that entire week, including a Masters midweek recap after the Thursday round. That's Thursday, April the 11th. The Right after the Thursday round is complete, we're going to give some gut reactions to what we've seen out there. I bet Charlie Hoffman or Justin Rose will be in the lead. Then, of course, we'll be recapping with a brand new green jacket on somebody's body that I bet $10,000 will be other than Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed's not going to be putting on that jacket again come Sunday night. Somebody other than Patrick Reed will, will break that show down and have that recap for you immediately after the Masters. Until then, my fairway friends, let's keep rolling. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. 
You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday. I'm still sleeping. I also like Ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.